0: Get your Bibles if you would and uh, turn to uh, the book of Acts and uh, you can put your thumb into the book of Philippians as well because we're going to be hanging out there uh, as well. As I just said a few moments ago, this is the last day in our study on the life of Paul and I have to say, uh, and I guess I probably say this with all of our studies, I, I'm going to miss this study. I'm r- truly going to miss this study. I have, I have loved studying this man's life. Um, over the last few weeks, I have been inspired by his boldness, his courage, his grit, his determination, his love for, for grace, uh, his commitment to share the gospel all over the, the world. However, I think out of all of the things and characteristics about, about uh, Paul's life, the thing that has inspired me the most throughout this study is just simply his resolve to live above his circumstances. As we discussed several weeks ago, this was a man who endured... Extreme persecution and suffering all for the sake of just being all in with Jesus and and for being a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Um, In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he actually lays out so much of what he went through. And I'm going to read through that again. He said that five times he received the Jews' 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. Uh, He spent an entire day and night floating adrift in the ocean. He had been in danger from robbers, from rivers, uh, from his own people, the Jews, from outsiders, the Gentiles. He had been falsely accused many different times. He had uh, been overworked and and had many sleepless nights. He had starved. He had gone without water for long periods of time. He had shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep him warm. At one point, he almost froze to death. So Paul, I mean, he knew what it, it meant to be misunderstood, to be mistreated, to be forgotten about, to be abused, to be beaten, to be shipwrecked, and, and, and to starve, to be, put into, to be put in prison, and to actually be left for dead. And yet, regardless of what he went through, Paul determined in his heart that he would use his one and only life to put the power of Christ on display. He was, he was determined with everything he had to be God's messenger to get the gospel to the ends of the earth, especially to the places where he felt where God led him Um, to places where it would have the greatest impact. And he was unwavering about his goal to finish his life well so that he could hear Jesus himself say to him, well well done, thou good and, and faithful servant. And as you look at his life and all that he went through, we have to all admit, it's just impressive. It's impressive. However, when you look at all that this man went through, you have to ask yourself, how in the world was he able to live a life with such grit and such determination and such focus and clarity, especially while he endured such hardship. I mean, how was he able to not become angry and, and, and bitter at God while going through so much suffering? How was he able to not hold grudges against the people who abandoned him throughout his ministry and actually hurt him? How was he able to, to endure such persecution and suffering for the sake of the gospel when most people would have, have walked out and... and, and, and Given up and quit? Well, here's the answer. Paul was resolved. He was resolved to live above his circumstances. I, lo- I love this word resolved. It means to be settled, it means to be firm, firm in purpose, it means to be dug in, it means to be determined, it means to be set in purpose. And regardless of how bad things got for Paul or how much suffering he went through or how much he, he had to endure, he was resolved. To live above his circumstances. And I find this man's life inspiring. I mean, over the last several weeks, as, as I have literally dug into Scripture and, and studied this man's life like never before, I have been moved, I've been convicted, and I've been challenged by his resolve. Th- this guy's a beast, as my kids would say. But, but but before we look at how he was able to do this, how he was able to live with such resolve... I want to take a moment because I know that maybe some of you have missed over the last several weeks or you've not been here through the whole series. And I want to take a moment. I want want to bring you up to speed on where we are in this study so we can land with clarity, all right? Last week, we we finished Acts chapter 27, and and Paul had, if you remember, had just jumped out of a ship that was being torn apart by a terrible storm in the Mediterranean. And he and 275 other men are swimming safely to a shore out on the island. Uh, 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 the shore of an island out in the Mediterranean Sea called Malta, and if you look at the very first verses of acts twenty eight you see that Paul gets on land and you see have him have this very interesting encounter uh, with a snake Now some of you are going really don 't wait till after church to look at it all right and then all of a sudden he starts doing some healing, and, and they actually start worshipping Paul as a God. However, after three months of being shipwrecked on Malta, once again Paul gets Back into a boat, he sets sail for Rome, and I want you to remember, as he's he's sailing the entire time, he is a prisoner chained up. He's chained up as he's traveling from Israel to Rome to be put on trial before Caesar. Now, some of you may be wondering, what, what exactly did he do? What's his crime? Well, he's being charged with threatening to create riots against the Roman government, which was not true. He was being charged with trying to defile the temple in Jerusalem, which was also not true. And he was being charged with being a a ringleader of a religious group called the Nazarenes, which that was not quite true. And so Paul actually denied being part of this group called the Nazarenes, but he did confess that Jesus was the risen Messiah. He said, listen, if it comes down to it, here's what I believe. I believe in the resurrection of the dead. And to that charge... The Pharisees and the Jewish leaders wanted him dead. But because Paul was actually a Roman citizen, he could appeal to Caesar. And that's how he gets on this boat, to go from Israel all the way to Rome. Now, once Paul finally gets to Rome, he's allowed to live in a rented house. In a rented house, and he's allowed to have visitors. But he's under house arrest, and he's forced to, to be chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day, seven days a week for two years. He's actually a prisoner in his own house. Now, during this time, he had some friends with him in Rome. Uh, Luke was with him. That's how this book of Acts gets written. Um, Timothy was with him. John Mark was was with him. There were several other guys that were with him. And while he is in this house, in chains, he writes four really great letters. One, Philippians, Colossians. He writes Ephesians, and he writes Philemon. But it's from the letter to the church at Philippi, known as Philippians, that that Paul reveals to us the secret of not only how he became so resolved to live above his circumstances, but he shares with us the results of how God used him to to advance the gospel for God's glory and how he used him to, to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to not only thousands and thousands of Jews, but thousands of Gentiles. So what was his big secret? How was it that Paul was able to learn to be so resolved to live above his circumstances? I mean, how did this happen? Well, in Philippians, here's what we learn. Paul says, I learned. He says, I learned. What did he learn? He said, I learned to be content." Now, look at, look at what he writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. He says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, or I have, I have learned... It, because he says, not, uh, let me read that again. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Now, I want you to think about all this that this man has been through. He has suffered greatly. He's been beaten almost to the point of death. He's been abused. He's been mistreated. He has battled, as he, as he talked about in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, discouragement and, and even depression. He's been abandoned and, and kicked to the curb by his friends. He's, he, he has been in and out of prison for several years. And when he finally gets to Rome, he writes this, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself in. Paul offers no conditions, no restrictions, no boundaries that come to bear on his contentment. Regardless of what was happening in this man's life, Paul says, I learned to live above my circumstances. And I believe that's why we're still talking about him today. I believe that's why he is such a heroic figure in the Bible. I believe that's why why God used him to make such a huge impact on on the advancement of Christianity. I mean, God actually used all of his suffering, all of his pain to help Paul to learn to be content. His His terrible circumstances actually became his teacher. And it wasn't learned overnight. All of this didn't just come to Paul overnight in a dream. Paul confesses to struggling with discouragement and depression to hardships. He talks about it again in, in his letter to the Corinthians. But think about this. Even through all that Paul confesses about his struggles, not once in his writings, do we ever see him talking about some being some pitiful victim. We never see this pitiful victim victim mentality. There's no sense of entitlement that we get from Paul's story. We don't see him being bitter or angry at God because of some bad hand that he had been dealt. He's not angry. He's not revengeful against his critics or against his persecutors. Instead, through all of this trouble, through all of the sufferings, through all of the trials, we see humility. We see gratitude. We actually see joy. We see grace. We see this amazing attitude of contentment. Now, before anyone tries to chalk, chalk this up to maybe some kind of extraordinary human temperament or, or some amazing superhero DNA that was passed down from his father, Paul dispels that notion from us. He says, no, 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 I didn't get any of this from my dad. I didn't, it's not something that was, was passed down to me. I'm not some superhuman guy. He says, I, I learned. I have learned to be content. In other words, contentment is not genetic. I love what Chuck Swindoll says. He says, contentment results from an attitude that is learned having been deliberately cultivated over time. Attitude governs contentment. So by the time that Paul actually gets to Rome, it was around 60 AD, and Paul is probably about in his late 50s, early 60s, He's been battered, he's been bruised by, by all that he's endured on his three missionary journeys. The experience out at sea and being shipwrecked almost killed him. But by this point, his resolve is just simply unshakable. His commitment and his contentment is unwavering. But it wasn't because of him. Paul said, "Listen, listen, I learned to be content. And the way that I learned that is because I learned something even greater. I learned where my strength came from. Paul learned where his strength had come from. In Philippians chapter four, verse 12, he says, "I know how to be brought low and how to bound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then I love this. He says, "I can do all things through him who strengthens me." Now who is the hymn that Paul mentions in verse 13? The hymn is Jesus Christ. Through the power of Jesus Christ working in his life, Paul has learned. He has learned to deal with huge, this huge array of painful, stressful situations without letting, him just, letting the impact of his circumstances cause him to be negative. Regardless of whether he was a free man or in chains, whether he was rich or poor, whether he was struggling or doing great, he learned how to have an excellent attitude. He learned to live above his circumstances because the central focus of his life was Jesus Christ. His resolve was in Jesus. His strength was found in Christ alone. And so Paul could live above his circumstances, not by trying to work harder, not by digging in deeper to, into himself, not by shaping up, not by following some you know, four-step program, not by resolving in his heart to be more determined, to work harder, not by gutting up. He could live above his circumstances because he learned that he, can do, he could endure all things through the strength found in his relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, listen, no doubt, the man's gritty. The man is determined. He is resilient. He is resilient. I mean, as I said in week one, when it came to missionaries and Christ followers, I mean, Paul was at the top of the list. Paul, I mean, Paul was a man above man. If you were here in week one, he was cream of the wheat, cream of the crop. But the sole source of his strength was Christ. And some of you in this room today, you are in situations that just are really tough, certainly less than ideal. Your life is just, it's difficult. It's frustrating. For some of you, it's getting worse every day. For some of you, your life feels like you're under house arrest like Paul. You, you feel like you're literally in chains. Chain to your circumstances. Chain to your past. Chained to to a sinful pattern in your life, chained to uh, some negative emotions or feeling, chained to a hopeless situation, chained to a habit that's literally destroying your life. Listen, I have great news for you this morning. There is hope beyond your circumstances. You can live above your circumstances. If a man named Paul, who endured more than any person should be allowed to endure, could live above his circumstances, so can you. But Christ must be your central focus. There's no plan B. He alone can teach you to live above your problems and your struggles. Your circumstances may not change. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. They may actually get worse, but you will change. You will change. You will learn to change as you follow Jesus, as you allow Christ to become the center of your emotions and your thoughts and your actions, you will begin to notice that your relationships will change, your free time will change, your, what you do with your habits, your changes will begin to occur in your life. And, and, and as those changes happen, it will become evident to the people around you. Those changes will become evident to your husband or your wife. They'll become evident to your children. They'll become evident to your coworkers. They'll become evident to your friends. Instead of seeing yourself as some worthless, washed up, has been, or some kind of victim, or being helpless, or useless, or powerless, you will begin to realize a strength that is not your own. And listen, it's, probably not, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a process called sanctification. It's learning to set yourself apart so that the Holy Spirit can fill you and lead you so that the power of Christ can become alive inside your life. It happens, it happens as you make little decisions every day to die to yourself to your selfish needs and desires, to confess the sins in your life every day and to allow God's grace to rescue you and to refresh you and to shape your life. And as you learn to do this, not only will you experience a change in your attitude and contentment, but you will begin to experience a power and victory And even contentment in your life that you didn't even know was possible. But you will also be able to develop a resolve to live above above your circumstances. And when you do that, trust me, it's on. It's on. God begins to work in your life in ways that you could have never dreamed possible. Not only can you live above your circumstances, but as we're going to see in just a moment, God will use you in ways you've never dreamed of. Now let's jump back into Acts 28 for just a moment. Let's check back in with Paul and see how he's doing. Now remember this. He's under house arrest in Rome, but he doesn't let that concern him. He is far away from home and his future is uncertain, but he refuses to let that overwhelm him. He's chained to a Roman guard every second of every day for two years. But that's not going to be a problem for him. Because he's drawing his strength and his resolve from Christ. Christ is at the very center of his life. His contentment is greater than his frustrations and his fears. He's resolved to live above his circumstances because he knows that he can do all things because of Christ who is strengthening him. So what's the results of his resolve? Well, as we're going to see in Paul's life, the first thing is the gospel is advanced. Listen to what Paul writes to the Corinthian, to the church uh, to the Christians. Excuse me, in Philippi, he says in Philippians chapter one verse twelve, he says, "I want you to know, brothers, that what that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel." Now, if you look at Acts chapter twenty eight, Jewish people in Rome are coming. From all over the place. Jewish leaders are coming, Roman leaders are coming. People are coming to Paul's house in large numbers to hear him talk about why he has been arrested. And the Bible says, from morning until evening, he explained and declared the kingdom of God. He talked with them very passionately about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. In other words, Paul is preaching the gospel to them from the Old Testament. And, and, the, and the Bible says some believed and some didn't believe. Matter of fact, Paul actually quote, quotes Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, where, where God is telling Isaiah, listen, as you go out, there are going to be some people that are never going to believe the Bible, they're never going to believe the gospel, because they've actually hardened their hearts. They, choose, they, they simply refuse to believe. But for two years, Paul is in a house preaching the gospel to whoever will come and listen, as, and as a result... People are receiving salvation. They are declaring that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And something very interesting is taking place along with this. Because of Paul's attitude regarding his circumstances, and because of the message that he is declaring with such clarity, his testimony is spreading like wildfire throughout the ranks of the Roman guard. Look at verse 13 of chapter 1. He says, so that, it is, so, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Now I want you to think about this. Every single day as Paul is preaching the message of Jesus, he has a different Roman guard chained to him for at least six hours a day. And they're not just listening to his words, but they're watching his life. And God is using the message of Christ's love and Paul's amazing, joyful attitude to permeate the hearts of these Roman soldiers. And listen, not only does God use this resolved life to advance the gospel, but as we're seeing right here, a resolved life becomes a powerful tool in God's hands. Scholars believe that there were 9,000 Roman soldiers in Rome during the time of Paul's two-year house arrest. I want you to imagine the joy that Paul experienced as he watched one rough, tough Roman soldier after another laid down their pride and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Paul says his circumstances allowed him to advance the gospel throughout the whole imperial guard. Nine thousand men were impacted. That doesn't mean that all of them were saved, but nine thousand men were impacted because of one man's resolve to live above his circumstances. I mean, did you think for a moment? Think about the women and children that were impacted as well. Think about the generations of people that were impacted. Think about the amount of people that are in heaven today because of one man's resolve to live above his circumstances. And from what we know, Paul never ever got to stand in front of Caesar. We never see that in the Bible. Historians don't record it. But the gospel was spread throughout Rome because a revival broke out amongst the Roman guards. Think about that for a moment. It's Father's Day. It's a bittersweet day for me. But, man, I want to tell you something. When you resolve to live your life for Christ alone, he gives you the strength to live above your circumstances. And your life will become a powerful tool in God's hands. Your wives will be impacted. Your children will be impacted. And I want you to know that I'm standing up here today because a young dad gave his life to Christ in 1976 and then resolved to make Christ the center of his life and his family. A resolved life, a resolved life, men. A resolved life, a set-apart life, a determined life, a firm and purpose life is a powerful tool in God's hands. And and as a result of Paul's resolve not only to focus solely on Christ as, as the source of his contentment, But as the strength to live above his circumstances, he became a powerful tool in God's hands to impact the most powerful city in the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And what makes this story even so much more incredible and and miraculous is that it happened while he was under house arrest, chained every moment of the day to a Roman soldier. The man couldn't leave his house. And as a result, a third thing happened. When someone chooses to become, to, to, to become resolved to live above their circumstances, as we're going to see here, courage becomes contagious. Look at verse 14. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, Paul says, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. In other words, when someone came to Christ in Paul's house, they weren't shy or timid about their newfound faith in Jesus Christ when they left. God used Paul's courage to spark confidence and boldness in these new believers in Rome. I mean, they spoke about Jesus without fear. I mean, think about these soldiers who came to Christ in Paul's house. These guys went back to, 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 to the Roman soldiers' locker room where they're changing clothes and putting on their armor and the, their gear. And the Bible says they spoke about Jesus without fear to the other soldiers, other soldiers. When you are courageous for Christ, it becomes contagious. And that's the result of a a resolved life. Here's the last words that we hear about Paul's life. In Acts chapter 28, verse 30, it says, He lived there two whole years at his own expense. And he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Historians and scholars believe that Paul was actually released after two years. He went on a little journey, then he was arrested a few years after that in Rome, and then he was eventually beheaded. But the secret to Paul's contentment did not develop from some seminar on positive thinking. It didn't, didn't, didn't come because he had you know, a stack of self-help books in his house to help him overcome his fears or, or to shore up his low self-confidence. Paul's secret was not found in a program. His secret was found in a person. His power came from Jesus. Christ made the difference. Jesus was his teacher. When Paul first came to Christ, as we talked about several, several weeks ago, he went away for three years ago. Who was teaching him out in the, in the deserts of, of Arabia? It was Jesus He taught him to endure every circumstance, every challenging situation, no matter the situation, no matter how bad things got. Paul didn't drift. He didn't waver. Instead, he kept Christ at the very center of his life. And in turn, Christ gave Paul all the strength he needed. And as we close off this series, I want to ask you a couple questions. It's Father's Day, men. I want want to ask you a couple questions. Ladies, children, students, just think about your own life for just a moment. Are you making a difference in the lives of those closest to you by the way you respond to your circumstances? Are others inspired by your faith or are they discouraged by your fears? Is God using your life right now as a tool in his hands to advance the gospel to further the kingdom of God? And is your courage for Christ courageous and contagious? Is your courage for Christ contagious? Listen, everything that we admire about Paul, his courage, his contentment in the midst of suffering, his ability to not get angry or bitter with his friends, with the people that abandoned him, his resolve to live above his circumstances, it all came from Christ. And that's good news for us today. Why? Because everything that Paul had, is available to every single one of us today. I want to finish this series and this talk with an amazing quote from Chuck Swindoll. He says, When Christ is given full control of your life, his love and his mercy will pierce your wounded soul and allow you to release a torrent of bitterness, anger, and resentment that has festered there for years. Blame and self-pity will disappear and give way to humility and joy. Like it did for Paul, it will begin at the foot of the cross. True transformation starts there. When you come to faith in him, he sets you free from the things that have held you captive all of your life. And like Paul, you too will be released to become a channel of grace and power. Mm -hmm. I believe that there are some people in this room that God wants to use in a mighty way. But I say this in all love and sincerity to you. He can't use you if you're full of bitterness, anger, and full of resentment. He can't use your life if all of your doing is just blaming, you're full of self-pity, and you're, you're, you're full of fear. He uses those who begin at the foot of the cross, who put Christ at the very center of their lives, who learn to be content, who draw their strength from Christ alone, those who resolve To live above their circumstances. And everything Paul had, everything he had, is available to you today. I want us to bow our heads for a moment. Lord, as we close this series, oh, thankful for this man's life. Not a superhero. Just a man. A man who went through a lot, who confesses to going through a lot, who's very open and authentic about his challenges and his struggles, but who met you at the foot of the cross. And when he did, he laid down it all. He laid down his past, he laid down all of the things he was struggling with in the present. And he learned. He learned to be content, he learned to draw his strength from Christ alone and as a result of that lord you helped him to live above his circumstances he became resolved and the gospel was advanced he became a powerful tool in your hands and lord his courage became contagious so much today that it's contagious to us it's speaking to our lives right now but it's all because of jesus and may we not lose that as we walk out of here may we may we not lose sight of where Paul drew his strength, where his power and his strength came from, where his resolve came from. It came from Christ alone. May we today, as we dig in, as we continue to learn from you, Lord, may we be resolved to live above our circumstances as well. May we find our contentment in Christ alone. And may you use our one and only lives to do amazing things for your glory and for your kingdom. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone to be your Savior, listen, it all started for Paul on a road to a city called Damascus. It happened at the foot of the cross. Paul found forgiveness, he found mercy, he found grace, he found everything he needed at the foot of the cross. And it was from the foot of the cross that he learned everything he needed to endure all that he went through. If you're here today, you've never put your faith and trust in Christ alone alone to be your personal Savior, I just want you to pray with me. Just say, Jesus, at this very moment, God, thank you for offering me salvation on this day, a gift of grace that I don't deserve. I put every bit of faith and trust that I have in Jesus Christ alone. I ask him to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, I confess, just like Paul, that Jesus is the true Messiah, the Son of God, the resurrected God. And I receive salvation. I receive forgiveness. I receive new life into my life because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross, because of the fact that he conquered death and the grave. Thank you.